Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Tutta l'interminare di rigore, attenzione allo scambio corto, da viene Jeffren, palla fuori per Daniel Alves con il destro, cerca la traiettoria morbida, allontana Lucio in acrobazia, palla recuperata da Valdes, in finale ci siamo noi, ci siamo noi, tutti a Madrid! Campionato di calcio italiano! evening everybody and welcome back to the fourth italian football podcast it's another one of our my favorite game series i'm connor clancy your host as ever adriano bowen is returning to the show this week and he's returning with another mammoth semi-final fixture this time not involving the azzurri though but another team who happened to wear blue enjoy l'inter è finale l'inter è finale l'inter è finale l'inter è a madrid l'inter è a madrid l'inter è a madrid l'inter va 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 a madrid e non abbiamo più niente da dire se non una cosa l'inter va a madrid l'inter va a madrid gli eroi del cammino l'inter va a madrid siamo in finale di champions league eliminato il barcellona grazie ragazzi in 10 per un'ora in 10 per un'ora l'inter va a madrid l'Inter va a Madrid il 22 maggio a Madrid contro Bayern Monaco ci saremo noi Barcellona 1 Inter 0 ma Madrid ci siamo noi ragazzi grazie Inter a Madrid dal no camp Scarpini vi saluta e vi dà appuntamento a Madrid Adriano, you're back, and in keeping with what you did last time, you've come with another big, big game. We're going back to 2010 this time when 
when Inter travelled to Barcelona for the second leg of their Champions League semi-final, lost 1-0, but went through to the final in what turned out to be Italian football's only ever treble winning season. So I don't really need to ask you why you've chosen this game, do I? Uh, definitely not. I mean, uh, I think in keeping with the trend that I had last time I was on where I, I didn't pick the World Cup final, I picked, picked the semifinal. Uh, I went with that trend again today and I, I picked the second leg between Barcelona and Inter and it was, yeah, I mean, looking back on it, it's been, well, 10 year anniversary this year and it's still one of those games that I, 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 I sh- try not to even watch highlights from the second leg because it was just, I just remember the the how much stress was pulsating through me at the time watching this game. And when I did rewatch it uh, before writing my article, I just remembered how unenjoyable the entire experience was. But then it was all worth it when that 90th minute hit and that final whistle blew. It was a completely crazy game. But where did you watch this one? Uh, Just like the other game, uh, I I watched this one at home. Uh, I think, uh, as I wrote in my article, I had... I knew at this point that I had tickets to the Champions League final. And so because I live in Canada, that was a big deal for me. I'd only uh, ever been to, uh, I think, Roma came here to Toronto one year and they played Celtic. And then actually in 2009, the, the summer before this uh, season, uh, I went to see Inter Milan versus Milan in uh, Boston, which is about an eight-hour drive away from here. So uh, my actual live viewing experience had been uh, quite limited. I, and I, I'd also seen some Doria Inter in Italy once when I was visiting my family. So for me to go to the Champions League final was a huge, huge deal, not just for me, but for my family and for my friends. We were all kind of incredulous to the fact. So I was at home watching the second leg, knowing full well that if Inter went through, I'd be seeing my favorite team in the final for the first time in forever. I think in like 1972 was the last time. And, um, yeah, all they had to do was get through the second leg, and oh man, it was anything but simple. I was at home, I was watching with some friends, I was a bag of nerves, I was hiding behind my couch at certain points because it was just too much, and then when that Thiago Malta red card came, I was just, I was like, this is, no, the, the, the soccer gods are, are being super cruel to me. If Inter goes out in this fashion, it would have been too much for me to handle. So yeah, I was on the couch, and yeah, again, if I were in public, and while I was watching this game, people would have probably called the, the cops on me and said <laughs> this guy should not be out in public watching watching games that's for sure you had had tickets arranged for the final before it was even on inter's radar to get to madrid as well right yeah yeah i I'd gotten word that uh, i think it was by the quarterfinals so inter uh were drawn with csk moscow and so you know i'm like yeah inter has a chance against moscow but i had also seen inter lose to teams like Villarreal and Valencia in years past. So I'm like, in theory, we should be okay, but uh, it's Inter. Nothing is ever simple with them. So I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'll go, me and my girlfriend, we'll go on a trip, we'll go to Spain and we'll catch this game because, you know, it's still a Champions League final, regardless of who was in it. I would have enjoyed it. But then uh, Inter beats CSK Moscow and uh, they get drawn with, no, I think it was Chelsea was the round before, sorry. Chelsea was, yeah. Yeah, and then it was, Oh, the semifinals. It's like, oh, who do we get drawn with? Maybe Leon, because the other uh, side of the draw was Leon versus Bayern Munich. No, no, we get Barcelona, who <laughs> were definitely the best team in the world at that time. And I'm like, you got to be, this, is, this isn't this is going to work out. And so when that 3-1 happened in the first leg, I was kind of pinching myself in disbelief because I really couldn't believe that I was it was actually happening. And then, you know, 
I came back to earth for the second leg. It all worked out in the end, but my God, it was, it was a struggle of epic proportions. It was. You spoke about the soccer gods being against you, but they were very much for you in the first leg because obviously the, the volcano in Iceland erupted, which meant that nobody in Europe could fly anywhere. So Barcelona basically had to drive from Catalonia to Milan, which isn't exactly the shortest of trips. And when they got there, Inter were just ready and waiting for them. They beat them 3-1. So going into the game at the Camp Nou, you must have had some hope that you were going to get over the line. Definitely. I mean, 3-1 is still 3-1. And uh, me, as, as my personality, I'm more of a expect the worst but hope for the best. So I wasn't pessimistic. I didn't think that Inter were going to go there and get blown out. But, you know, losing 2 nothing to Barcelona... At the at the new camp isn't it's nothing to to hold your head in shame for. Many teams have gone there and lost in the past, so I was hoping that Inter would come through. But I was also realistic in the fact that you know it could happen that they wouldn't make it through. So uh, the two leg the two goal advantage heading into the second leg, especially for the, the team that Inter were at the time, it, you had this quiet confidence because it's not it wasn't as though Inter were blown out at any point during that season. If they, I, I didn't look at the, the Serie A results, but you know, Inter was the cream of the crop at that point. So uh, it was definitely their best chance in forever to, to go somewhere and, and reach the final. And regardless of who Barcelona had, I, th- I think that that first leg showed that Mourinho had the acumen to deal with them properly. And uh, things got a little complicated before the second leg started because... Uh, I was watching it and the commentator mentioned, oh, uh, Goran Pandev was set to start, but uh, he had a little problem in uh, the pregame warm-up and Kivu was starting. And you see that and it's like, you know, we're not replacing like for like, we're, we're replacing a forward for a defender. So I kind of had already, uh, in my mind, I, I had an idea of how this game was going to be and uh, it definitely was a defensive struggle, but uh, to epic proportions, as I said. Yeah, and they did have the likes of Mario Balotelli and Marco Arnautovic on the bench, so there were those attacking options to come in. But the, the fact that Mourinho went for Kivus, it did just show what what you're in for. But yeah, no, I, well, just on that point, I mean, there's I don't know if any if you've seen it or if any of our fans have seen it, but there's a clip of Mourinho speaking about Balotelli uh, in, a, in an interview <laughs> online. I think it was before the uh, game against Ruben Kazan and. The Inter had no strikers available. It was only Balotelli, and he had picked up a yellow in the first half. And at halftime, Mourinho went up to him and said, you know, Mario, I need you on the field. We have no other options. Just please make sure you don't get a yellow card. And, you know, lo and behold, 30 seconds into the second half, Balotelli picks up another yellow card and Inter are down to 10 men. So you can kind of see why Balotelli and Arnautovic were not uh, taken into consideration to replace Pandev. Yeah, that's one of football's great stories, that Mourinho says that for the 15 minutes of halftime, he spent 14 of them talking to Mario. And then he went and did that in the second half, which you can't imagine will have come as good news to Jose and Mario will have felt his wrath afterwards. But when when the game started, it was quite clear what was to come because Inter camped in their own half from kickoff, basically, and just absorbed everything Barcelona threw at them and we've seen a lot of one-sided performances over the years but you'd be hard-pressed to name one more extreme than this I mean the possession statistics alone 
show just how heavily weighted this game was in Barcelona's favor from kickoff. Yeah, yeah. I, I think when I looked at the stats, that that's what stuck out to me the most. And when I was watching it, it was it was as if Barcelona were a team that had, uh, you know, implemented tactics, and whereas Inter were a bunch of six and seven year olds, where the coach had just, you know figured that there's no point in telling these kids tactics, literally just hoof the ball forward at every opportunity. And, oh, man, it was – for me personally, I, I know that sometimes uh, fans or neutrals, when they watch, they say, all oh, teams that are of a certain stature shouldn't go to places and play like this. But for me, it's all about uh, context. I think that Inter at this point – and uh, I think it's a credit to Mourinho – I think it shows his humility, which is not, I don't think, his strong point at, <laughs> at all. Um, but just the humility to know that, yeah, we're going to go there and it's going to be a struggle. And this is how we're going to try and counteract Barcelona's uh, uh, tactics. And, you know, we all know what it was, tic-a-taka, possession. Inter were never going to do that at home, let alone away from home. So uh, Mourinho... Uh, planned it out, said, this is how we're going to do it. If you don't like it, okay, you don't have to enjoy it. You don't have to like watching it, but this is how we're going to try and get there. And that's not to say that that's how Inter played all their matches. So I think it's it was a testament to his abilities to go to the this, you know, to, into this match and play the way that they did. Then obviously, you know, Pandev isn't available. Thiago Mota gets that red card later on. So it became even more apparent how Inter were just going to camp outside of their penalty area and, and wait for Barcelona to come to them. But uh, it worked out in the end. And uh, I mean, it's not the best way to reach a final, but at the end of the day, people aren't going to take anything away from you if you achieve your ultimate goal, regardless of how you get it. I think this was back in the day when, when Mourinho very much adapted his tactics depending on who he was facing. And like you rightly said, this was the best team in the world, with, without question. They had won the treble the previous season, and they could well have gone on to do the same this season had they overcome this game. And, and then who knows, right? That They could have won a few more after that as well. But like you say, they kind of needed to set up in this way if they were to beat this Barcelona team. And the, in the end, I suppose, the, the end justifies the means for Mourinho. And that is something that he's built his career on. They went on to, to win a treble. Nobody else had done it before. Nobody has done it since. And I don't think anyone who supports Inter is going to regret the way Mourinho set up on that night. No, no. And it's definitely... Uh, the thing is, is you're not going to regret it. But when you watch it, the actual game, like you said, the numbers are just staggering. And then when you actually watch it and you see, it seemed as though... I mean, 49 out of every passes were Barcelona, and then that one pass was Inter, and it wasn't a pass. It was an attempted pass. <laughs> it wasn't even passed to their own player. It was a giveaway. So it was just, it was astonishing to watch. And uh, I, I mean, I watched this game a few days ago. I can't recall a single moment where Inter came close to the Barcelona goal. Uh, there might have been, but it doesn't come to mind uh, for me at this moment. And it was just... It's one of those more. It's one of the more remarkable games that I can remember. Just because it was almost, it had a very Italy versus uh, Netherlands Euro 2000 feel to it. But even at that in that game, Italy had chances on goal and uh, tried to go forward and, and score goals. Inter just decided, no, we don't, we don't care. We're, we'll 
hoof the ball forward 80 yards if we have to for 90 minutes. They had no intention of ever uh, testing Valdez. Now, I watched this game back myself, and I was struck by how few times Inter actually did go forward. And I took a note, which is 81st minute, Samuel Eto in the box, but nobody else. So two Barcelona players were able to just go and tackle him. So he ended up kicking the ball against one of them into Victor Valdez. But that was basically the only time they got anywhere near Barcelona's goal. They didn't have any shots on or off target. Yeah. Um, whereas Barcelona accumulated about 17 efforts altogether. What's surprising, though, is that Barca committed more fouls. So Barca committed 14 fouls to Inter's 12, which suggests pretty good discipline from, from Inter. Yeah, definitely discipline. And it just shows you how committed they were to uh, Mourinho's vision. Because you have to remember, like we're not talking about a bunch of scrubs on this Inter team. You know, As you mentioned, Eto, Molito, Snyder... Uh, Tiago Monta had been sent off, but uh, so the, there there are quality players, and so it's not easy to tell these players of a of a certain elk. You know, we're gonna sit back and wait for the game to come to us. I need you to do this, and to their credit, they bought into it. They didn't uh, get too aggressive. It's not as though Inter went out there to hurt Barcelona or to you know stop the game. They just they they were they showed discipline. They showed incredible discipline, which isn't an easy thing to get through to 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 players. I I, I think um, especially after this in in the last few years, Mourinho has shown that maybe his way of getting his message across doesn't always reach its intended goal as it used to. So this was, I think, the perfect harmony of uh, vision on Mourinho's side, uh, players being willing to adopt his his tactics and. Yeah, they, they showed that you can play defensive, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have to play physical or, or, or overly aggressive. You were listing off the legends there. You forgot to mention McDonald Mariga, who, of course, came on in the second half. What a, what a talent he was. But even when, when Barcelona did breach Inter's defence, they, they still had a pretty impressive goalkeeper in Julio Cesar there to keep them out. And he made a phenomenal stop from Messi in the first half, where Messi kind of drifts in from the right as we've seen him do so many times and tries a curled effort towards the bottom corner and somehow Cesar gets down and tips it wide but you must have just been sitting there thinking we can't resist this for 90 minutes yeah because I think what when you watch a, a game like this you know sometimes a player gets sent off a team's reduced to 10 men maybe for 45 minutes to an hour but this was literally 90 minutes of just constant heart in my throat, oh my God, is Barcelona going to score this? Is is the tie going to turn at this moment? And, you know, it's one thing to do that again, have a, a game like that against uh, Sampdoria, Siena, or Fiorentina, but we're playing the best team in the world. And as you said, you, you know, Messi, Ibrahimovic, uh, Pedro, uh, Xavi, the, you know, Barcelona has world-class player after world-class player, and, and that stop that Julio Cesar... Uh, when I saw it again, uh, and you see Messi do what he's done for ages, it seems like the guy has been playing for the last 15 to 20 years, honestly. it's like, And the thing is, almost like Robin, you can kind of see that moment where he's going to do his move. And you, you see it, but on the field, the players, they don't see it. Or they do see it, but they can't do anything to stop it. So when he made that run and then that shot on goal, and Julio Cesar, as you said, that, that save is uh, iconic to me. It's one of the moments that really stands out for me so it's just there's that moment there's the red card 
there's later uh, the red card, right? Because it's it's never a red card. No, I yeah, it's it's. I st- I have a friend now, uh, a fellow Inter fan, who to this day uh, holds the biggest grudge against Sergio Busquez that you could ever <laughs> imagine. Anytime he sees him on TV, he curses. Anytime he sees Barcelona colors, he gets upset. And it's Busquez being Busquez. I mean, world-class player, great player, nothing to hold against him. But that that entire sequence where he gets hit in the face, he goes down as if he's been shot, he peeks through his hands to see what's going on, which is just one of the more the dirtier moves that I can recall. And, you know, Malta rightly so, because first, you know, I think just like all the Inter fans, Malta, at first he's upset because he's like, that's never a red card. Then he's upset because he's leaving his team to 10 men. Then you realize, oh, if we do make the final, I'm not going to be available for it. So there's all these emotions. And I think just like most fans would have done, he went after Busquez. He tried. He tried to manhandle him, and he, he got he got pretty close. He got his hand around him, and then obviously uh, people stepped in, and nothing came of it, uh, thankfully. But it was just to this day, Sergio Busquez. Maybe not as much as my friend, but yeah, I definitely hold. Um, every every time I see him, that moment pops into my head, and I just I, I can't forgive him for it. That's for sure. Yeah. So then Inter went on to play more than an hour with. 10 men away to the best team in the world. Arguably, some people say that they are the best team of all time. And they just held on. They resisted, resisted, resisted until pretty late on as well. After that Samueletto venture forward I spoke about, Boyan missed a really, really big header that he, he should have scored. And then about 90 seconds later, Pique got the goal that Barcelona were waiting for. And to his credit, He's a centre-back, but the finish was was excellent. So he goes through on goal, is able to have the awareness of what's happening. He sees, I think it's maybe Walter Samuel and Cesar go to ground. And he just does a little pirouette, turns back, taps into an open goal. And the sound from the camp now, it was one of those moments where, you know when a, a side need a couple of goals and they get that one, and then all of a sudden there's the expectation of the other. The noise from that was, right, here we go, let's get the second. Yeah, and I, it, I, when I was watching it, it reminded me of that uh, that Barcelona-PSG game from just a few years ago where, you know, Barcelona, what was it, 5-1 or 6-1 and, like, the um, an improbable comeback and they scored those late go- those goals late on and they, they got through. And as you said, it's you, you can't underestimate the importance of having that fan and that emotion, those sounds in the stadium. And I remember for me personally, I'm, I'm watching this and, I remember this uh, very clearly. I think by the time Eto, that moment that you talked about where he ventured forward, forward, I had almost started to... Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Convince myself that this was actually going to happen, that Inter was going to go through. I mean, we had resisted up till the 80th minute. Uh, it was 0-0 still. I had convinced myself that, yes, we're going to see this through. And then, as you said... Boyan with the header, which he should have scored. Then PK scores a FIFA-esque goal where he, he hit the right buttons at the right time to do this pirouette and score. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Of all the people in the world, it wasn't, you know, their, their deadly strikers. It wasn't one of the best players of all time. It was their, their center back scoring like that. And I was like this. I, I had set myself up for the inevitable, which was the 2-0 the goal that's going to put Barcelona through and literally crush my dreams. And... Uh, I mean, it didn't happen. Uh, I think I thought it would have happened. I definitely remember that ha- uh, fr- that feeling from watching that game the first time. And uh, it, the last these last six to ten minutes with injury time were just uh, the worst viewing experience of my life. I, I'm not exaggerating. Any sport, anything. It was the worst ten minutes that I can recall of, of watching a sporting event for me. I believe it because they did almost get that second as well when Boyan got put through and it was a great finish into the top corner but it was pulled back for I think it was a handball from Keita or or otherwise he was offside but your heart must have been in your mouth when you saw that ball hit the net yes I was I had retreated back to behind my sofa because (laughs) uh, watching the game had become too much to bear so I had gone there and as you said it was like a, a, a bang bang type of situation where I think it hit Keita or Torre, one of the, one of the two. Uh, ball falls to Boyan, he, he scores. And because the stadium was so loud, you couldn't even really hear the, the referee blow his whistle. I think uh, when you watch it back, you can see that the play has stopped because you could see that he made the movement to blow his whistle, but it was so loud in the stadium that you couldn't hear it. So when Boyan actually scored that finish, which was a nice, a, a great finish, uh, I might add, I was just like, no. Uh, my my heart stopped. My my I, literally everything that was around me kind of floated away, and it was just me with the TV and me kind of losing all sense of what was going on. And then to see that the goal was ruled out was just it was relief. But then it was also like, oh my god, there's another few minutes of this that I still have to <laughs> go through because uh, it, it wasn't done yet. It wasn't done. It was it, it was as if the 90 minutes had turned into 90 hours, and we were reaching that last little, that last 5%, last 2% of the struggle. And it was a struggle of epic proportions. Football has a weird way of allowing time to pass because, you know, Barcelona fans would have been watching that game. And between that Boyan miss on the 84th minute and the 94th minute, it would have felt like 10 seconds had passed. But for you, those 10 minutes would have felt like a lifetime. and. You know, you check the clock every five seconds and you think, what? How has only five seconds passed? They've had 20 chances since then. But Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible to, to actually to, to live, as you said, the, the, the two spectrums of, oh, we're behind. We're trying to get, chase that second goal and time goes by so quickly. Whereas Inter, they're literally hanging on by, by their teeth 
with 10 men and as if every minute is, is 10 minutes. It was, it's something to behold. If you were hard done by by the awarding of the, the red card, you got off lightly with the fact that Montari got away with a little bit of a pull on Dani Alves when he was venturing into the box. And it probably was something that Alves was looking for as well. But I think in modern days, it would have been pulled back for a penalty. Yeah, yeah. I think even in the last 10 years, I think... Uh... I, personally, I don't know about you, Connor. I'm not opposed to VAR. I think it has its merits. The one thing that I don't like about it is how seemingly every piece of contact in the penalty area gets slowed down and becomes these clear-cut penalties. Where when you watch them in real time, it's you know it's not a contact sport, but there is going to be contact when two people are going for a ball. So uh, for me, I I could see the argument for a call. But for me, that's never a penalty. And uh, I'm more of the, uh, I'm on the side of penalties should only be penalties for clear-cut goal situations, not where uh, there is a glance and a player happens to go down because of that slight contact. So uh, I wouldn't have called it. Uh, Maybe through 2020 lenses, you could make more of an argument that it was. But for me, I think the referee made the right call and just kind of <laughs> let things go. I might be a slightly biased as well, uh, but uh, yeah, for me, no penalty. You might well be. I'm giving that penalty all day long. And if, if I'm Pep Guardiola, I'm fuming. And if I'm Jose Mourinho, I'm, I'm also fuming at Montari for even trying to get away with that. But it wasn't to be. They got over the line and the, the scenes at the final whistle are some of football's most iconic. So by the time the final whistle is blown, Mourinho's already halfway across the pitch with his arm in the air. Victor Valdez takes exception to this and goes to try fight him. Sully Montari comes over and him and Mourinho are just goading the whole of the camp now. And the celebrations, they're almost primal. It's, it's phenomenal how much emotion you can see in those celebrations. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 Mourinho moment of him running across the field is, I, I I mean, there might be better moments for other people, but for me, it's one of the more iconic Champions League moments of uh, being away from home, securing your spot in the final, the importance, especially as we've said, how Inter hadn't been into that final in, in so long, and the balls on Mourinho to run across that field because we're not talking about a thirty thousand seat. Uh, you know, there's not 30,000 fans in that stadium. We're talking about 90, 95,000 <laughs> fans. And he's like, no, I'm going to stick it to you guys. I'm going to run across this field. I'm going to, to this day, I mean, he says that he was pointing to the Inter fans and he was, you know, trying to celebrate with them. I think that's like 35% of his motivation. I think <laughs> 65 is, I'm telling all of you here to shut the, you know what up and we're going to celebrate because we took you guys down and, uh, you know, there was that whole remontada and the videos and the, the chants and Barcelona are going to make this comeback. And this is Mourinho in typical Mourinho fashion, just being like, no, uh, I I did it. I took you guys out. There's not going to be another celebration here for you guys. Because don't forget, the final is being played in Madrid. So if you're a Barcelona fan, there's nothing you want more than playing a final, a Champions League final, in your arch rival's home stadium. 
So for Mourinho to just have the balls to, you know, go out there and be like, nah, uh, 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 I'm the, the Grinch that stole Christmas from you guys. So the, the scenes, then you have the sprinklers going off. <laughs> you have Victor Valdez coming in, which, I mean, if I were in his position, I would com- be, in the, you know, feeling the exact same way. I'd want these guys to get the hell off my, my field. But no, it, for me as an Inter fan, I'm like, Victor Valdez, know your place. Get off the pitch. You guys are out. And so, and then I think there's Muntari. You see Toldo hugging him. You see... Lele Oriali beside uh, Mourinho pointing to the fans. And it's just, you see the Inter players on the ground exhausted. Maicon, I think he swapped a jersey with someone and it's inside out and he almost doesn't even know what to do with himself. He's running in different directions every two seconds. And it's just one of those celebrations that are, for me, it's like winning, the, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to say that Inter winning the final wasn't important. But these scenes were just like, you know, the struggle, the 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 perseverance the the fact that your entire Champions League campaign your 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 shot at a treble is hanging in the balance and to see that almost relief that you you accomplished something and you're going to have a chance to go to the final it's just it's priceless to me yeah the the Mycon thing is quite funny because I I noticed that as well watching it back he he's trying to work out how to turn the jersey the right way around but then you can see on his face he doesn't know where he is or yeah. what's going on around him. It is one of the most iconic spells or series of events that football will probably ever have. And it, it wasn't even minutes of action. It was something that happened after a final whistle. I, I'm smiling thinking back to it because e- even now, I still have a, a real soft spot for Mourinho. I just, I just love his absolutely unapologetic shithousing at any given opportunity. And the fact that he did this, like you say, he deprived Barcelona of getting to the final at the Bernabeu when they had the best team in the world and would have won the Champions League. He had this rivalry with Barcelona brewing as well because obviously they rejected him after he had left them where he was still known as the translator. And then he went on to coach Real Madrid. It was just, it was perfect. Yeah, and I I think... Uh, you know, he, this is 10 years removed from him being uh, the intercoach. I mean, all of his antics don't uh, don't quite cut it the way that they used to. And by all means, he's not he's not always in the right. Let, let's I think you can agree with that as well. But just he, he's a shit disturber. But he was our shit disturber. He was he was the guy that was representing us. And so uh, to this day, when you see him, and as you said, you know that the link to Barcelona, the the fact that they had rejected him and. He doesn't strike me as the type of person to let things go very easily. So this was his time, his moment, his opportunity to say, well, you know what, I might not play the Barcelona way, but there isn't just the Barcelona way. So it was a credit to him. You can argue that maybe this might be the greatest moment of his since in the last 10 years, because after that, he goes to Real Madrid and uh, he has success, but he doesn't have the same level of success. And, you know, he's won with Chelsea. Uh, he's not at Tottenham, which has been interrupted, obviously, but we'll see how that plays out. But it's just, I think this is his peak moment of uh, sh- being a shit disturber. Let's just yeah. yeah, I do think this is the peak of his career for sure this season. I mean, to win a travel with Inter is quite special, given... The, the structure of Italian football as well. But uh, Mourinho, yeah, absolutely phenomenal. He's even still, he's still quite funny. Like you saw the, was it when he was with Spurs or United? 
when he annoyed one of the referees and said, oh, I'm sorry, I was disrespectful, but I was disrespectful to an idiot. And it's, like I say, he doesn't necessarily need to be in the right. It's just entertainment. And I think a lot of the time people can take him too seriously as well. But I've, I've always, I will always have a soft spot for him, whatever he does, I think. Okay, um, Adriano, that takes us to the end. Thank you for coming back and talking about one of your other favorite games. Oh, my pleasure, Connor. Uh, hopefully, I'll speak to you uh, very soon. Un sogno che ho, è un coro che sale a sognare su giù dalla notte, 90 minuti per segnare nero azzurri, noi saremo qui nero azzurri, pazzi come per nero azzurri, non fateci soffrire.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.